Welcome to Metal Injections, the Squared Circle Pit. Today is our WrestleCon Spectacular. And now, here's your host, Rob Paspani. It's Rob. I'm not even going to begin to make excuses for why it's been so long since you've heard a new episode of Squared Circle Pit. But I will tell you that there will be more episodes much more frequently than in the last few months. All right, I'll give a few excuses. A few big guests that I was lining up, they backed out. And the just first quarter was really busy for me with metal injection stuff. So I kind of put the podcast on the back burner. But I've been thinking about it a lot. And WrestleMania weekend certainly inspired me to get back in the action. If you follow the main website, metalinjection.net, you'd know that I was at WrestleCon and I posted a pretty fun video from WrestleCon on the Metal Injection website and YouTube channel where I talked to a bunch of legends about metal, rock, wrestling, you know, the whole deal that we do. And I figured, you know, I only put certain portions of the interviews on the the special report that we did. And the the full-length interviews, some of them are really fun. A, lot, uh, a few of them had wrestling content that didn't really fit in with the video piece, but that I felt that Squared Circle Pit listeners would enjoy. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, throughout this episode, give you the full-length interviews from all the people that I interviewed at WrestleCon. This includes Mick Foley, Rob Van Dam, Frank Kazarian, Vampiro, uh, Rock and Roll Express, and I'll share a few stories around it. Uh, my WrestleMania weekend was pretty damn awesome. I went to shows every day, Thursday through Sunday. I was completely exhausted by the end of it. And it was a good time. On Thursday, I went to see Bloodsport, the Josh Barnett show, which was a no-rope wrestling ring. And they were doing kind of shoot fighting. But I guess it was scripted. Uh, it, it's hard to say what was... Uh, choreographed and what was you know just a shoot but it was a very very unique show that I really enjoyed especially the main event the main event was Josh Barnett versus Minoru Suzuki and it was really cool to see Minoru Suzuki in a small venue with a few hundred other people and to finally in public sing Kaze Ri Nare and so that was really cool and then after that I hustled my ass over to Midtown for the WrestleCon Super Show which was awesome it was a really fun show, and, you know, I've been watching these WrestleMania weekend shows at home all these years, these last few years, and WrestleCon Super Show always seemed like the most fun show to be at because, first of all, you never know who shows up, and it's it's just like all these, it's kind of like the all-star game of the indies for that weekend because they have people from all these different promotions, and the main event was Will Ospreay versus Bandito, which I very much enjoyed, and I would say you should go out of your way to check that out. So that was my Thursday. That was nuts, just shuffling from uh, New Jersey to Midtown. I, I was driving, and I had to essentially abandon my car halfway to Midtown uh, just to make it to the show in time, and I took the train to the show and then took the train back to my car. Uh, Friday night, Friday was when I did this WrestleCon piece that you're listening to right now. Friday night was NXT, and I had absurdly insane seats thank you josh <laughs> and uh that was really fun and and it was cool uh to be witnessing what eventually came out to be a five star five and a half star match with johnny gargano and adam cole uh that's the second five star match that i've ever witnessed live the first one was keith lee versus Don, donovan dijack or chris dijack or Dom, 
whatever his name is in NXT now. But I saw that at PWG, and that was incredible at the final Battle of Los Angeles in Reseda, which was really... I didn't know it at the time, but that was pretty cool, too. Anyway, I'm just rambling. I'll talk more about my weekend as the show progresses. I want to kick things off with my favorite interview of the week. It was Mick Foley, hardcore legend, my favorite wrestler as a kid. Uh, the man that like kept me so interested in pro wrestling when I was a teenager. Uh, and it was, you know, it was hard not to get a little too nervous talking to Mick, but he was so nice that it, it just ended up feeling like a conversation. I could have talked to Mick for an hour, but we only had a few minutes because he was in the middle of doing signings and, and he was gracious enough to pause the signings to talk to me for a few minutes, comparing rock and metal and getting a nice little dig at WWE in at the end. And, and also talking about all his amazing charity work. So here's my interview with Mick Foley. I am here with the hardcore legend, Mick Foley. Thank you for talking to Metal Injection. And I feel you are a huge connection between hardcore professional wrestling and hardcore music. And I know you listen to some rock music. I've yep. seen you at an Alice Cooper show. What are some, what are some of the bands that you listen to? I took my son to see Metallica. Um, I'm good friends with Dee Snyder, Twisted Sister. I love his new album, For the Love of Metal. That's right. Uh, yeah, I go back to some some of the 80s hair bands, uh, you know, uh, some of the grunge things. I, I pick and choose when I'm on XM uh, Sirius Radio. I kind of fluctuate between classic rock and deep tracks and uh, Ozzy's Boneyard, and I go over to, like, Outlaw Country and Willie's Roadhouse. So I have an eclectic choice in music, which means uh, Steve Austin said it was the worst choice in music because maybe too a little eclectic, too eclectic for uh, Stone Cold. <laughs> I love it. And now I feel like no one would, would better know than you. Like, there is a huge similarity between like a rock star and a wrestler. Like when you come out and your music hits, you feel like a rock star. Yeah, I mean that's a you know, rock, I felt like a rock star. And so when uh, 2000, 2001, it was I, I said it, it became overwhelming. I was like. It was like being a rock star without the rock star trappings, you know, like no limo, uh, no security, but the recognition was there that I felt like a rock star. But the truth is, when you come to a place like this, even though it's been a long time since I've been in the ring, the fans make you feel like a rock star anyway. And I feel like with a rock show, if you watch like a Metallica, they kind of structure it like a wrestling match where, you know, you have the hot start. You, you, you wind down, then like a few high spots. Yeah, in there. a few high spots. You, you know, you play a couple of new songs like a new you know that may be an equivalent to like an al stone match let people take a break <laughs> use the restroom get some popcorn come back with the greatest hits which would be like our comeback and then you send everybody home happy that's the idea there are occasions when wwe does not send the wwe universe home happy and maybe they need to go see a good rock show see nita strauss like nita strauss and wwe it's a perfect marriage Oh, that's right. You had Nita play your, your stand-up special. Nita that play, was the first time I'd ever had live music. First time I'd ever had any type of impressive entrance. It meant the world to me. She did it in Pasadena and then did it uh, for when WWE came and recorded the show. Absolutely refused to take uh, money from me, and so I was able to donate to uh, Wings of Charity, which is uh, a great, great animal rescue group that she supports. Awesome. And uh, Mick, I want to thank you. And I want to thank you also all the stuff you do with Rain. I think that's so cool. You've got a lot of my friends aware of that stuff. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It was really important, especially when I got involved, you know, nine, ten years ago. Nobody was talking about um, sexual assault and abuse. So uh, 
we were able to get it on the radar a little bit and uh, raise some money through things we did for WrestleMania Dream Vacations. All told, wrestling fans raised over half a million dollars for Rain. So really odd that, to think that the biggest supporters for this organization were wrestling fans. <laughs> I love it. Sure. Much like with Metalheads, don't sell wrestling fans. No, don't sell us short. There's so much more than meets the eye. Awesome. Mick, All thank right. you so much. It's Have an absolute nice honor. Another wrestler in my top five growing up as a teenager was Rob Van Dam. I was a huge Rob Van Dam mark. I was so excited. Uh, he was my favorite guy in ECW at the time because he was basically the top guy there. And then when ECW folded and he came into WWE, I was even more excited. And I was so happy at how over he was with the crowd and how excited wrestling fans were to watch Rob Van Dam because he was a very exciting wrestler to watch. And I mentioned this on the Metal Injection Livecast before, but in my younger days, <laughs> before I was a full-time metal journalist, quote-unquote, uh, I was doing freelance web design work, and I was doing, I had like a wrestling site, like a wrestling version of what Metal Injection is. And uh, there was a guy who... Uh, Brian Fritz, he does Between the Ropes Radio, and he was kind of managing Rob Van Dam's online presence. And I worked out, worked out with him where I designed Rob Van Dam's personal website. He was one of the first people to have their own website. This was in like 99. And uh, I thought that was really cool. And I got to mention that to him. And he was thankful, but of course, like, okay, what does that mean? It's 20 years later. But he was really, really nice. And again, also super gracious, got to talk to me. And it was really interesting talking to Rob uh, and finding out about how he picked Pantera's Walk as his entrance theme, which is like now an iconic song for him. And then uh, we also talked a bit about, you know, his favorite types of pot and uh, his new documentary. Here, here's my interview with Rob. I am here with the whole fucking show, Rob Van Dam, a man that I feel is responsible for getting more than a few wrestling fans into Pantera. World You know what, if I'm Rob Van Dam, I take the, uh, the forfeit victory and go home. Bill Alfonso. And I want to know, how did you pick Walk as your entrance theme many moons ago? Mm, well, how did that come about? here's how that happened. Uh, I heard a promotion on the radio <laughs> for White Zombie coming to, uh, I think I was living in Savannah, Georgia at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, they were on tour, and Pantera was with them. And I heard it on a commercial, and I just heard them saying, you know, respect. And Sabu and I had this uh, matter of respect match coming up. Oh, that's up. right. Yeah, and yeah. so I just said, boo. And I wanted to change my music anyway, because when I went there, I, I had this Lords of Karma. It, it, it was definitely didn't fit there. It was something they used to use at Universal Studios mm -hmm. with IWF forever ago. And that was all I had for music. And I was like, wow, I need something, something that fits this, you yeah. know? And boom, heard on a commercial, I said, that's it. And it's like the ultimate oh. entrance theme. Right? Yeah, it happened very organically. Now, when you came to WWE, was there ever any talk of possibly licensing? They're like, yes. no. Oh, yes, yes, so there happened. was. Uh, so when I first came to WWE, they used uh, some song for me. Yeah. It went, that's what it sounded like to me. I wasn't a fan of it. <laughs> and I said, dude, why can't we use Walk? And besides, ECW has, had paid Kilgore to do a cover of it. Uh -huh. So they right. own the rights to that. You know what I mean? So, right, right, right. And, uh, and Shane McMahon acted like he was interested. And, and then the next uh, week when I was at Raw or SmackDown or whatever, he uh, 
he had me come out to the truck and he goes, what do you think about this? And they played uh, one of a kind. And I was like, what happened you know, to the other one? <laughs> yeah. They had uh, paid the band to do that song. I didn't, I didn't feel like it was that personal, you know, like uh, when I see the look in your eyes makes me feel I'm one of a kind. Uh, the, I don't know the words. I thought I thought they just grabbed the song, but Breaking right. Point Breaking Point says they wrote that for me. So I was like, "Oh, okay, cool, thank you." <laughs> but I yeah. like Block Batter, but a lot of the fans actually do prefer Breaking Point. Um, the, what is that song called? One of a kind. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of fans, but I think it's more because they associate it, you know, with the excitement that they got used to hearing that right, coming right. out on WWE. Yeah, and one thing I, I admire about you, you were one of the earliest public proponents of marijuana, uh, especially in the wrestling scene. And uh, do you prefer a sativa or an indica? Or, or does it depend on your mood? It really depends. I, I take it off. If I had to really name a preference, I would say probably a hybrid, you yeah. know. Do you, what's your preferred method of smoking? Is it a joint, a bomb? No, I, I, I prefer the flower yeah. in a nice uh, raw, rolled up in a raw, unbleached paper. I'm with you. Yeah, dude. Yeah, <laughs> got to get I'm, a good grinder, got to get a good grind on it. But I'm not, I'm not above doing dabs or something, but that's my fave yeah. for sure. Well, it's an absolute honor to talk to you. Cool, Thank man. you for all the entertainment over the years. I really right appreciate on, it. Dude. Watch my documentary, Headstrong. There you go. On iTunes, Google Play. Amazon, Voodoo, and Fight TV. Boom, Rob Van Dam. Awesome. He's one of a kind. As I was walking around WrestleCon, I kind of didn't know who I would run into, who I'd be able to talk to, and I spotted Vampiro, Vampiro, uh, walking, and I was like, oh, I should talk to Vampiro. He's done a lot for the rock and wrestling connection, and it was very interesting talking to Vampiro, and he had a lot of interesting things to say about how he brought the Misfits in to WCW and his own opinions on rock and metal music. But what I'd come to learn, I didn't realize it at the moment, but his story on how the Misfits came into WCW is a little different than if you listen to, like, for example, Jerry Only, who was on Steve Austin's podcast a few years ago talking about how they got into WCW. So there's there's a bit of discrepancy in both of their uh, stories. But nevertheless, here's Vampiro's take on how the Misfits came to WCW. I'm here with... The most metal wrestler at the con, Vampiro. Now, Vampiro, you have the distinction of bringing the misfits into pro wrestling. Yeah. How did that come about? Um, I'm a huge fan. As we all are. And uh, I, I remember at that time, they had just gotten back together. They did Famous Monsters. Mm -hmm. And I remember we were doing a Monday Nitro in Minneapolis, and they were playing. So I was thinking, because in WCW at that time, I was kind of stuck. Nobody really knew what to do with me. Yeah. Story of my life. And uh, I reached out to Creative in WCW, and I said, you know, there's this thing happening in the punk rock and the, all that. And they didn't get it, and they said, just bring it to us and show us. And I called the Misfits manager, and I said, hey, I got this idea. This is what's going on. And they said, go meet the guys and, and see what they say. I went and met the Misfits, and they were like, fuck, yeah, let's do it. And that was it. That's awesome. Yeah, I know Jerry only is a big wrestling yeah. fan. Yeah, you know, I became, you know, I'm good for, I just saw Michael Graves two months ago, I think, and mm -hmm. um, I keep in touch with him. When we cross paths, I, I, I say, you know, me and Doyle are cool. It's it's just good, man. What are some uh, rock and metal bands that you enjoy? Uh, 
It depends. I'm a, at heart, I'm a rockabilly guy, then a oh. punk rocker, mm -hmm. then a hardcore guy. So, uh, oh, nice. I mean, metal, metal, live. Hard, yeah, li punk? live. I just saw. I just saw Hatebreed. I just yeah. saw. You know, I'm a big fan of the Chromegs, um, uh, Blood Clot, John, John. Um, McGowan's fuck. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just seeing so many people. Yeah, uh, I mean, this band. is overwhelming. Yeah, right? uh, you know, Agnostic Front. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, New York hardcore bands, heavy metal bands. I'm really fucking into Cannibal Corpse right now. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Sepultura and all that. When I go to the gym, seeing those guys live and then and then listening to it when you're working out, that's the shit, brother. Yeah. And I, and you know, we're asking people like the connection between rock and wrestling. I think there's a lot of similarities in presentation. What's your take on on the the link between the two? I think a lot of wrestlers wanted to be musicians and they couldn't. And a lot of musicians like the smash things, so they like the hardcore wrestling. <laughs> and then the, the the fans, you know, the aggressive music and the banging and the, just the pumping and the slamming and then watching wrestling. I think that's the connection. You know, there's a yeah, yeah. when I started, that was my idea. Um, because I was a big Billy Idol fan, Mad Max, Road Warriors, uh, the movie The Road Warrior. Um, I, I had that idea back in the early 80s to, to mix the cultures mm -hmm. because it hadn't been done before. Um, unfortunately, I became a bodyguard for Millie Vanilli and I braided my hair and I became a famous vampire. <laughs> but uh, the idea is it just, it's illogical to ignore the way the fans are now uh, one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And how did you come up with the, the corpse pain? Like, when did that get into your into your character? Um, Doyle told me to do it. Oh, nice. And he, I, I said, I got no fucking clue. And he did it for me. And uh, he gave me his armbands. And that was it. Awesome. Well, Piro, a pleasure to meet you. Longtime Thank you. fan. Thank you so much All for right. out a metal injection. There were so many legends at WrestleCon. It was almost like going to a Comic-Con, but that was much better spaced out and without anything but wrestling. And it was so wild to just walk the aisles and, and see all these legends that I'd see on TV, but see them in real life. And some of them I haven't thought of in years. Here they are. Like one of those guys that comes to mind is S.A. Rios, who was a small blip on the uh, WWE radar, but still a, a very influential wrestler. So it was cool to see him there. And uh, just a lot of people. And Road Warrior Animal, it was awesome to meet Road Warrior Animal, who, again, very, very gracious, very easy to talk to, was super down to do an interview, which... He did not have to do. And all these years, you know, seeing Hawk and Animal and the face paint and, and, and thinking like, oh, these guys are, are metal dudes. They inspired black metal. And, and it's funny when I I joked with him about how they might have inspired a few black metal bands to put on corpse paint. He kind of didn't catch the reference and made a joke about Black Sabbath, which, hey, that's fine. <laughs> Here's uh, the coolest part, though, that this part was not in the metal injection video was talking to him about the scaffold match. Uh, his the historic scaffold matches of the 80s and how Jim Cornette got badly injured. Uh, so it was a cool talk. Animal was a very, very nice guy. Here's my talk with Road Warrior Animal. Rob here with one of the most metal wrestlers of all time, Road Warrior Animal. It is an absolute honor to talk to you, sir. My first question is uh, when you guys came up with the paint, uh, there's a lot, uh, like, where did you guys get the idea for it? Let me ask that. Well, originally from the first Road Warrior movie. Remember the bad guy with the mohawk that had a couple stripes? Yeah. That's where we got the face paint. And then, then we all of a sudden, you know, Ole Anderson hired us, right? So we said, hey, can we come up with our own style of face paint? And that's what this developed in now with the spider. 
I see. It's right, kind of like don't, early on, don't get caught in the web of the Warriors. That's what the whole thing about, right? I and Hawk see. always had what we call the Joker look with the big, you know, thing around his eyes. So and I feel like, you know, maybe indirectly, you guys influence a lot of black metal bands because now you see all these metal bands running around with, with the face paint. And yeah, I think you guys, you guys are... Of course, of course, man. You know what it is? <laughs> Hawk and I coming out the Black Sabbath Iron Man, I mean, we kind of... I hate to say it, Ozzy, but we kind of revived the song because it was kind of dead when we started using it. Yeah. We're actually driving in a car down the road. You know, we were working 325 days a year in the beginning, and Black and Sabbath Iron Man came on, and Ellering and Hawk and I looked there and said, that's our music right there. And we used that, and we freaking made it huge, and it worked out great for both of us, and uh, it was it's a, it's a great song. You know? Also, you guys were basically like the scariest two dudes, and you come out to this brooding <laughs> Black Sabbath song. It just set the mood for, like, Shit's going to get fucked up right now. Oh, man, yeah. you know, someone's ass is going to get kicked, man, and that's what it was all about. You see, there's a thing in the wrestling business called the warrior pop, and that came from Hawk and I. Anytime anybody gets a big cheer, whether it's, it's the yes, yes chance or you suck, you suck, it's all, hey, man, you got a road warrior pop, you know what I mean? So that's a cool thing about it. At least we'll go down in infamy as having something named after us, you know? Oh, absolutely. And, you know... What do you think is the relationship between rock music and, and pro wrestling? I feel like they're like... Well, I think there's a, there's a crossover with the fans. Rock fans and wrestling fans are very similar. You know, they appreciate what the artist does, and our wrestling fans appreciate what we do. You know, same way that Hawk and I used to appreciate rock bands. You know, from, I watched Leonard Skinner, Metallica, I went to a bunch of concerts. So there's a common respect, man, and the fan likes a good show. And the fans like you, and, and you don't insult the integrity of the fan, you can be successful. And Hawk and I never insulted our fans. Yeah, you guys, you guys always ha have great loyal fans. I feel, and you see a lot of the fans here at, at a WrestleCon. How do you do? You enjoy doing these cons and meeting the fans? Man, I'm, I'm busy every weekend, man. Where I'm doing WrestleCon, Comic Cons, indie shows, big events. You know, I, I do them all over the world, man. I. I go all over from Qatar and Kuwait to Japan and wow. England. I'm, I'm everywhere still, you know, which is nice. That means Hawk and I did something good with our gimmick for me to be in demand still like that, right? Yeah. And that's a testament to the fans. We must have done something right. What 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 matches stand out to you like you still think about them? Do you still think about <laughs> wrestling matches from your past? You know, scaffold like matches sucked. Oh, Being on God. a three-foot wide scaffold, that was brutal. You know, cage matches and a lot of other the thing the with the scaffold match too is like you don't have a lot of room oh, to. I, I was 320 pounds on that scaffold. Imagine <laughs> me, imagine me 40 pounds heavier, right? That was scary. But uh, you know, wobbling like this, 30 feet above the ring. But yeah, those and uh, Tower Dooms, War Games. Oh, those were all great matches, and Hawk and I were main events. All of us, so it was awesome. What, now, just to go back to that scaffold match. Like, were you aware? Like, did they just come to you like, hey, we're doing this? Or, or did you have a little input on uh, what the Dusty Rose? Match? Dusty Rose came up with the idea, and I looked at him and I said, are you freaking crazy? <laughs> and then I said, I said, I'll tell you one thing, I'm not falling off. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go, man. Yeah, what a rush, brother. What a rush. <laughs> I'm sure Jim Cornette has a different experience. For yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jimmy blew out both knees on that scaffold. So I feel it was the funniest thing watching. I had, I, you know, I had a big bubble, boss man. I said, are you ready? And they were going to catch him. I said, oh, he's going to blow his back out. Catch a Cornette was like a, a pile of crap back then, right? <laughs> are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. And he missed him. It was funny. Uh, I laughed so hard up on the scaffold. I, sh I shouldn't say that. But I no, you could say it. You could say it. Well, it's an absolute pleasure to talk to you. I see a line is forming, so I don't want right, to get in the way. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so All much. Right, and man. have a great weekend. What a rush, bro. Now, I did my best not to mark out throughout doing these interviews, but 
doing this interview with the Rock and Roll Express, I couldn't help but mark out because I'm just standing there talking to them. I'm in between them. And then they start kind of cutting a promo in, in their own little way. I mean, you know, we're talking out of character, but they just can't help but fall into their pro wrestling personas. And I kind of felt like I was Lance Russell or Gordon Soley or me, Gene Oakland for a quick minute. And that was really cool. And, and they were really, really nice. And they weren't exactly answering my questions, but what they were saying was great anyway. And, and again, they're really, really cool guys. And, and they both have wrestling schools are still working, working hard, making the towns. And I actually just saw them at the Crockett cup, the ring of honor show with NWA that they did this past weekend. And it was the rock and roll express against uh, the Briscoe brothers and Ricky Morton was absolutely insane. He did a Huracan Rana. He did a Tope. This guy's over 60 years old and he's been doing Canadian destroyers uh, for a while now. So bless their hearts. Rock and roll forever. Here's my interview with the Rock and Roll Express. It is an absolute honor to be talking to one of the greatest tag teams of all time, the Rock and Roll Express here on Metal Injection. We're talking about the connection between rock music and pro wrestling. And I figured no one would know better than the two of you who have been making the girls scream and making the guys <laughs> open their wallets. Uh, how did, when the Rock and Roll Express started, how important was like the rock element to the, the, the tag team? You know, at wrestling, when we first started, we, we carried around a jukebox. Mm -hmm. We played our own music, you know. Then we yeah. put it on the speakers. We had to do it on a yeah. on the microphone. Our lifestyles of wrestlers and rock stars were the same. You yeah. understand me? We're on yeah, the road all the time. Yeah. Uh, we're traveling to the next show. You know, I, I love the old tune by Leonard Skinner. I got 600 miles of travel to one more show. That's the way it is, you know. Yeah. You know, the girl you met in the bar the night before, you know. But I can tell you all kinds of great stories like that. But remember, only one story? That's only one day out of 46 years, okay? Uh, you know, in our day, too, we didn't have uh, social media, no. Instagram, and thank God we didn't. No. <laughs> well, thank God. A lot no, of but, trouble. Yes, but no, 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 man. We, we had fun. We didn't do nothing. We just had a great time in this business. But, see, it started a new era in our business. As a matter of fact, it formed into the tag teams and... And to me, you know, and it's hard. Sometimes you don't get credit, and sometimes you've got to pat your own stuff on the back. But we paid roads for all these guys. That's See, right. one thing about us, we, we always stood up for the boys. It was different. We didn't have contracts. We didn't have so much money. We got paid by whatever the promoter said the house was. And he always got first count. <laughs> uh, and that's just like any promoter in, in rock and roll or any, anything else. But now these guys have multi-million dollar contracts and everything yeah. but it's good i mean I, i'm glad that we we're part to build that that's right you guys put tag team wrestling on the map i feel right. like you guys right. with the midnight and i don't care what they say <laughs> our business you know it's like in anything you do what goes around comes back around yeah you see what i'm saying mm -hmm. you're gonna have to go back to the basics i mean unless you're gonna shoot somebody out of a cannon you know what i'm <laughs> saying and he's gonna kick out on two uh but you, we had to mix it all together. You got to go back to when we started and who we are. And Robert, that's one thing that Robert and I know all about, man. We do yeah. that. Hey, and anybody out there, if you want to check Robert out, it's you check me out on, on Facebook, APCW.com. I got a wrestling school there in, outside of Atlanta, Georgia, Douglasville, Georgia. Uh, make your dream come true. Come check it out. Yeah, and I'm uh, I'm in Chucky, Tennessee, on Facebook. 
Now listen, this is hard to remember. School of Morton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, S-O-M, come get you some. Instagram, the babyface Ricky Morton. Boom, we'd love to hear from you. See you. Joey Janelle is a guy I really wanted to talk to, and again, I wish I had more time to talk to him because I'm really impressed with the name that he created for himself. And we started to talk a bit about music, and I, I guess Joey felt a little, uh, a little uncomfortable with the music talk because from what I gather, it seems... He's not too deep into music. He'll listen to music. He knows metal bands. He's not. He doesn't go out of his way to be a diehard fan. So he kind of volleyed the mic over to the dirty daddy, Chris Dickinson, who I was very surprised to learn is a true, legit death metal head. Uh, he likes the real shit, if you know what I'm saying. And he's been in some metal bands, and I even played a bit of his band uh, and it was cool to talk to them and and cool to get chris dickinson's perspective because he said he's been in touring metal bands like smaller ones obviously nothing like uh bigger but like even signed to a label and whatever and he says he pre preferred prefers rather the uh indie wrestling lifestyle to the indie metal lifestyle and i'll let him explain it and this ended up being a pretty fascinating interview check it out here's joey and chris dickinson <laughs> Rob here with one of the most metal dudes at the con, Joey Janella. Maybe the most metal dude. I don't know. Road Warrior Animals here. It's kind of hard. Like Motley Crue metal. Yeah, yeah. That level yeah, of metal. That level. And uh, Joey, you know, we're talking about the connection between rock and wrestling. And I feel like Joey Janela's Spring Break is a very metal show. Yeah, I think it's uh, very punk rock. Punk rock, yeah. Do it like yourself. Uh, really, this year we have no restrictions, so... I, I don't know what we're in store for. <laughs> and also, you've had rock dudes. Andre, you have Andy Williams from Every Time I Die. I had fucking Weedus. They're kind of rock yeah. and roll. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That was in Spring Break, but that was another one of mine. Marty Janetti, he's the rocker. He is the rocker. I just seen him. I just threw him through the barbershop window almost. <laughs> Actually. Uh, so I want to ask, what kind of what music do you listen to? I, I listen to everything. I, I, I There's no music I don't listen to. Mm -hmm. Um Really? What, what about the rock and the metal? What, and the punk? Rock and metal, man. Shit. Danzig? I know you're a Danzig guy, yeah, maybe? Yeah, maybe a little bit. Maybe More some Limbiscuit. <laughs> some, uh, you know, some Limbiscuit. That's all I listen to. Now, I feel like there is a connection between rock and wrestling. Like, going to a wrestling show, going to a rock show. There's some similarities. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, 100%. I've been to a lot of rock shows, music festivals, and whatnot. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, you know. The Spring Break show is the closest thing to the wall of death at a Lamb of God show that you'll experience in the wrestling business. I agree. Absolutely. You want to talk to a metal guy. This is a fucking metal guy right here. A what? This is a metal guy. He plays uh -oh. fucking drums in a fucking metal Whoa. Band. Chris Dickinson over The here. Dirty Daddy. What's going on? How are what's, you? what's the band? My band? Yeah. I've been in many bands. But my, last band, well, my last band is just me and my friends. It's a band called Native Steve. It's like a death metal band. When I was like 17, 18, I used to play stuff like that, Metallica. What death metal do you listen to? Uh, a lot of old school, like early 90s stuff, like um, Death, Morbid Angels, like one of my all-time favorite bands, Suffocation. Uh, I, yesterday I was listening to a lot, a lot Hate Eternal is one of my all-time favorite bands. Uh, 
Vital Remains. Um, oh, excellent death metal. Like, you know, uh, Malevolent Creation, Solstice. I like a lot of thrash, death, things like that. Now, do you listen to the heavy metal when, when you're on the mats, when you're, when you're practicing? I don't know. Wrestlers don't. <laughs> right? yeah, what am I, I saying? What do you do? Your cat just Yeah, I get all fucking oiled up, and then I spread oil over myself, and I put on some Saxon, and I roll around with him, and we slither around, you know, yeah. like a couple little snakes yeah. in the garden. I saw you at Bloodsport yesterday uh-huh. uh, wrestling another rocker I was just mentioning, Andy Williams. Uh-huh. Dude powerbombed you. Like, I've, I've never seen a more brutal powerbomb. How did that? Are you okay? I'm, I'm a little banged up, but, you know, I survived. Obviously. You won. I choked him out. Yeah. You know, I wore, wore the big man down. Does that mean you're in every time I die now? It's like a championship transfer? Like, you're, you're the guitarist? I'll take the payouts he gets after his tours are over, but I, I'm all set. I don't want to be in every time I die. I'm not a big every time I die fan. I, I, I mean, I'm, you know, no offense. You know, not, I, I think this is a, this is a, a feud here. Feud. It's not my thing. I'm not my type of music. <laughs> Would you be able to live the, the rock and roll lifestyle, being on the road every day as opposed to just the I've been weekend? on tour before. Okay. Definitely not, probably not as extravagant as every time I die, but I know they keep it very low budget. Yeah. And he's actually a very nice guy. Which is the more manageable, touring wrestling or touring uh, a rock? Wrestling's a lot easier, honestly, because you're when you're in a band, like I tried to make it in a band when I was like 17, 18, 19. Like I played in, I was in a band that was signed like a German label, like small stuff, and a band that was all DIY. In wrestling, it's all on you. So you're like the master of your own destiny. You control your own fate. When you have to be responsible for like three other, four other guys, get on the same page. Everybody has to be, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's harder to be able to motivate three other people when you could just do it yourself. That's honestly why I kind of went along with wrestling more so than I do with music. Even, even in, if you're in a successful band that ends up getting signed, or, you know, on a, some of these bands that are... You know, seemingly popular as far as like you know the internet is concerned, they don't really make money at all doing what they do. You know, they have to either sell a lot of merchandise, whatever the houses are, the tickets. But then there's you know there's bands who are popular on every level. There's yeah. bands who are really popular who play no more than to 300, 400 people a night on a tour, and they're in the van every night going all around the country. It's a grind. You don't have much time for anything else. But wrestling, it is a, it's still a grind, but it's you a little have time bit. To suck it. Yeah, you have a little bit more time to do stuff. You're not like trapped. Right. Yeah, not doing the sucking. You're yeah. getting sucked. We're getting sucked. <laughs> now, Joe, you do wear the, the hats because you're wearing the promoter hat. You're yeah. wearing you're wearing the the Booker. I'm I'm assuming. Like, how how is it juggling all that and then still having to to work on your comeback? I mean, you, you look to be in the best shape of your life. I don't know about the best shape. <laughs> 2014, <laughs> I was in pretty good shape. <laughs> Look at, look at. Hey, I got hey, a little chub left. Take, it's take almost the, gone. Take the glasses off. Did any of you see his documentary the, the on the the news, the Asbury <laughs> Times? They said he said if I take the glasses off, nobody would even recognize me. <laughs> That's the money line. Yeah, I'm getting rid of it. I'm taking some fucking steroids, you know, illegal fucking the supplements. Yeah, no, a bit. no, I'm not taking any of that. <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'll piss clean. Hey, listen. It's funny that you're standing here, and right behind you is Sabu and, and Coates. Because take a look over there. That's the that's the in the future. That's going to be Joey and Penelope over there. Sabu and Coates. <laughs> Fuck this guy. I brought him over. I give him a little fucking rub with fucking metal ejection. Tell him to talk you about his fucking over. little would, shitty hardcore band. He wouldn't be doing half the shit if it wasn't for me. I used to have to beg to get this crazy bastard on shows. They think I'm dangerous. They used to think he was the most dangerous man in the world. Forget yeah, look Ken who, Shamrock. Look who's getting booked now, huh? Yeah, exactly. Forget, <laughs> this motherfucker. Forget Ken Shamrock. He was like a little little fuck with like his little short hair, and he'd always just be smoking his cigarettes. And everybody thought he was like the uh, like a, a, a ninja. He was gonna hit you with like a stomp off. He he stomped somebody's ribs in once. Yeah. Yeah. I fuck people up. Yeah. He was proving a point. Other other than busting your knee, what is the most regrettable spot you ever did? 
oh, um, Dallas when I got chlamydia after this show. <laughs> I mean, where do you go from there? Thank no, you, Jim. No, 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 I think there's nothing I regret about wrestling. Everything I did in wrestling, you know, uh, you know, I wouldn't go back in time and change anything. I got got here for a reason. Make yeah. money now. Don't have to deliver pizzas anymore. Moving out of my mom's house soon. Fucking rock and roll. Metal ejection, baby. It was also very, very cool to talk to Frankie Kazarian, an alumni of the Squared Circle Pit. He's been on the show before, and I got to catch up with him and talk more uh, about some topics I guess we kind of broached on the show. But it was interesting getting his point of view about the similarities of uh, making your name as a pro wrestler and making your name as an independent musician. So uh, let's 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 hear what Frankie has to say. And we also talk about AEW. We talk about SCU, and we talk about his new line of cigars. Here's here's my chat with Frankie Kazari. Rob here with the heavy metal rebel, Frankie Kazarian. Frankie, how is your WrestleCon going? So far, so good. Uh, first day, always cool to meet fans. Uh, see a lot of people I haven't seen in a long time. Yeah, so you had Super Show last night with that, uh, like, grueling, grueling matchup. It was, that you it was, it was a spectacle, yeah. yeah. Was, that one took a couple years off my career, but... Uh, the, those bumps were insane. Was, you guys got to slow it down. It was a fun, it was a fun <laughs> evening. I think everyone had a good time, and uh, yeah, it's just cool. You know, we don't get to do... Uh, cons like this often, so when we do, it's uh, you know, it's always uh, always fun. Now I think it's really cool because you are are teetering the line of rock and wrestling. You're of course a very active pro wrestler, yeah. and you are in a band. Yes. And uh, and I want to what are the, what are the similarities between the two? There's so many similarities, especially uh, when you're in a band on my level, which is the level of playing small clubs and bars, and obviously you know hauling your own equipment, setting up your own stuff. Um, you know, doing your own promotion, all that stuff. The same way you do or the same way I did when I was an independent wrestler just coming up. You know, you're helping set up the ring. You know, you're getting, you're doing your own, nowadays, your own social media. Back in the day, it was you're making your own tapes. And, uh, you know, and it just, you deal with the same type of politics. You're dealing with promoters. Um, you know, you're trying to uh, keep your relationship with your band strong while you move forward as a unit. Uh, and, you know, I think anytime you're in the entertainment industry, there's a lot of... Uh, parallels and similarities and certainly between pro wrestling and music uh, more specifically rock and roll yeah and i feel like scu is kind of like a band as well oh yeah 100 percent. you know we are we are this is this is my this is my main band uh you know we travel the world together and you know we're we're a well-oiled machine um you know these guys obviously you know pro professionals pro professionals um so yeah you know and this is and obviously wrestling's my gig so i've been doing it 21 years uh, the music stuff is still, you know, much more regional. But the same thing, you know, we're a band of traveling gypsies going up and down the coast of Cali. What are the band? Give them a plug. Give, give them a plug for the people. The band is called Gutter Candy. Uh, we are uh, on Twitter, on Instagram. We're actually, the, Gutter Candy is going to be my backing band for uh, my jam session at Wrestle at uh, StarCast this year. We're doing the Frankie Kazarian jam, ses- jam session on Thursday. Gutter Candy will be playing there. And, yeah, we just released um, uh, our, our version of Never Tear Us Apart by uh, NXS. We released our version. We got a new single coming out, so check us out, man. That's cool. And I have a thread with, like, other musicians, and we, we have, like, a text thread going on about, like, wrestling. Do you have a thread with wrestlers about music? Uh, like, who do you, are there any mu- wrestlers that you the talk ma- to? The main guy I talk to uh, talk music with is, would be, like, Jericho. <laughs> Him and I have very similar tastes, and obviously, you know, he's got his own gig, and he's doing very well with that, so 
like uh, he's the guy that like you know we're both old school like thrash metal fans Metallica and Big Four and Iron Maiden and Judas Priest so he would probably be the guy um, a couple other guys you know like uh, the guy uh, formerly Gunner of TNA is a big metal head Jerry Lynn used to be a big metal head and uh, my friend referee Marty's big into rock and metal so a couple guys but anytime there's something uh, of substance it's usually I'll, I'll text Jericho or get a text from him. That's cool. One other thing I want to mention, American Rebel Cigars, they launched your own line of cigars. Yeah. First of all, pretty metal logo. It is a cool logo. <laughs> yeah, this is... Um, How did that come about? How did you well, and Cody start a cigar? This is me and Cody. Mm -hmm. uh, we just both, because we are uh, cigar enthusiasts and uh, had kind of just been joking and talking, saying, hey, we should make our own cigar and uh, kind of got serious about one day and put it out there and partnered up with our uh, our the hustle behind the muscle our business partner Aaron Gilbranson who basically runs day-to-day -day operations and uh, it's been going great we actually have an event in Nashville coming up next week we're gonna release some new cigars uh, in the meantime we're at AmericanRebelCigars.com and uh, just another one of uh, you know another side hustle that I'm really uh, happy to get out to the masses awesome well Frankie thank you so much it, man. thank you have good luck with all the stuff going on with AEW. Appreciate it. I talked to Angelina Love and Velvet Sky, the beautiful people. I guess now they're a part of Ring of Honor's Allure. And uh, they were really, really nice. They were really cool to talk to. And they just love 80s and 90s rock and metal. Not really into the scene too much. But it was cool to kind of nerd out with them about Kiss because they have a genuine love for Kiss and Gene Simmons. So here's here's what the beautiful people think about Kiss. Rob here with the beautiful people, and I'm feeling a little more beautiful. Uh, we have Angelina Love, Velvet Sky, and you know, first of all, I'm a little intimidated beca because happens to everybody, right? Yeah, I, I didn't, I don't, I don't have my my makeup on. Your makeup is flawless. Thank you. <laughs> We're talking about the connection between rock music and wrestling, and I know. With the beautiful people, you guys are pretty rock. We are pretty rock. My shirt, actually. Yep. What does my shirt say? Stay rock. There we so, go. So I mean, this was an interview that was like meant to be for us. I think beauty and rock. <laughs> How you doing? What kind? What music do you guys listen to? What, what are rock. some of the bands? <laughs> rock. Uh, 90, I like 90s music, uh -huh. and I do. I like rock. I just I don't like. I'm not a country person. I'm not a top 40 person. Maybe a little song here and there, but I've always just loved rock music. I don't listen to any modern day music. I too like love 90s music and like old school rock. There really is no, I mean in my opinion, there's no good modern day rock and roll bands. I think there there's happen. a dirt. Yeah, I just watched The Dirt, the Motley Crue movie and I was yeah. like amazing. There's no, there's no Kiss any Yeah. People, you know, there's no bands that have the lasting power like Kiss or Motley Crue or something like that anymore. I'm obsessed with Kiss. I'm obsessed with Kiss. We just went to a Kiss concert in Connecticut. Oh, how it was, was it? The oh, my God. Tour? It was so amazing. And they're coming back around in August in the Northeast, and you better believe we're at, like, the all those shows. Incredible. Yes. And I used to watch, do you ever watch Gene Simmons' Family Jewels? Yes. Did you? I loved that show. My favorite thing about the Kiss concerts, other than, like, it's just an amazing show from start to finish, is just watching Gene Simmons on stage and his many gestures. He has so many gestures like he'll tap right here and then he'll look at a woman and he'll go like this like he's squeezing her boob and then I just like I can watch Gene and it just pops me huge like all night but it's you know amazing. What? And that's a big part of wrestling too because he's a character. I was just gonna say he's like 
playing the the yes. like a wrestling yeah. character. Yes. The yes. demon. Demon. I, the demon would be like a wrestling character, I would say. Absolutely. Yeah. That, oh, that, that demon was a wrestling character. <laughs> he did bring it into WCW. There when you, go. you when you guys walk out on that stage, do you feel like rock stars when the music yeah. hits? A hundred percent. You turn on to like a whole different level as soon as you get out. It's like an on like an on off switch, and you're because you're an immediate performer. Yeah. So yeah, you got music and there's lights and there's smoke and there's people and you perform and it's like nothing else. Going back to um, the character thing, so I mean, that's why KISS has always worked so well, because they're, it's not like they don't just get on stage and stand there and play and sing and go through the motions. You know what I mean? They bring their character and their songs alive from the hair, the makeup, the glitz, the glamour, the outfits, and they're so animated, and that's why they've worked for so long. I mean, I've been to concerts before, like some of my favorite bands that I love, all the songs, and after like an hour, I'm like, all right, it's cool, but like they're kind of just standing there and playing, and they're singing, and they're not really moving around, but Kiss is like all over the place, so I appreciate that. I'm so excited. I'm like a schoolgirl talking about Kiss. (laughs) We're going to ditch this con we're gonna okay. go find the nearest we're kiss go show find the nearest kiss show <laughs> yes. awesome thanks guys thank you so much Bye. thank you that's all for the interviews and that was my friday it was it was a, a very intense work schedule there were a few interviews that i tried to get that i just couldn't work out during this thing i was talking to i, I almost got bret hart but unfortunately he had to his handlers uh had to take him away because he had a photo shoot or something scheduled that he he was not able to talk to me for a few minutes. No hard feelings at all, but it was just insane to me to even, you know, have Bret Hart acknowledge me and just talk to him. That was a moment that I kind of marked out about. And, and my funniest interaction was like, I saw Sandman, and I was like, oh man, Sandman, I gotta talk to him. He's got Metallica Enter Sandman as his entrance theme. I want to talk about that ECW One Night Stand, how that felt. So I'm going to talk to him about rock and metal, and he was just like on his phone the whole time, like kind of trying to get away from the convention and I definitely caught him at a bad moment and and again I hold no ill will towards Sandman and and just having this story kind of made it worth it but I'm talking to him and I'm like hey you know my name is Rob from uh, I have the site Metal Injection we're a music site and talking about the connection between rock music and and pro wrestling and I want to I wanted to talk to you about uh, your entrance theme a little bit if you don't mind he's just like on his phone he's like your name is what? You're from where? <laughs> like Rob, I, I repeat the whole spiel. Rob from Metal Injection, wanna talk? And, he, and then he thinks about it for a second, and he just goes, mm, "Nah, I'm good." <laughs> and I loved it. I appreciated it because why does he need to talk to me? He's the fucking Sandman. He doesn't need publicity. He's just there to to take some photos, uh, make some money, and, and head home and hang out with his family. So more power to him. That was my Friday. I did the NXT. Saturday night was my favorite night of the whole weekend, which was the New Japan Ring of Honor show. And just seeing New Japan live, I was marking out like crazy. I was in my New Japan tracksuit, <laughs> getting so much attention for it. And it, it was just awesome. And, and the, one of the coolest moments, the coolest moment was seeing Kasuchika Okada win the IWGP World Heavyweight title in Madison Square Garden. Being there for that live for history, that was awesome. The second coolest moment was seeing the great Muta live. That was insane. And uh, he was in the Honor Rumble, which was like their pre-show battle royal. And they kind of made it so the last two participants were Muta and Jushin Thunder Liger. 
And the whole place, myself included, went nuts for that. Unfortunately, it ended with some schmozzy anymore. Kenny King ran back in and he won the Rumble. But regardless, it was really, really cool to see Muda make the trip over. Uh, I guess he was in town doing signings as well. So it wasn't like he just came for this thing. But really, really cool to see him live. It was awesome to see Ibushi live for the first time. All the New Japan stuff I love. The Ring of Honor stuff, better left unsaid. Just not really into some of the angles they ran some of the people they brought in and really especially in the honor rumble because the honor rumble was like 15 new japan guys 15 ring of honor guys the lack of depth in ring of honor's roster was never more evident but i think they know that i think they're working on it uh their pay-per-view with nwa this past weekend the crockett cup was actually a really really fun show and i think a lot of that had to do with more with the old school presentation that the nwa brought in rather than what ring of honor necessarily brought to the table but uh, we'll see what, you know, it's a very, very exciting time for pro wrestling. There's WWE doing their thing. AEW is about to launch. We're less than a month away from Double or Nothing. And with that said, I want to mention the next week, that's right, next week on the show, not going to wait two weeks, like traditionally, or four or five months like it's been these last few months. Next week, I'm going to have Chris Jericho back on the show. We're going to be talking about AEW Double or Nothing. We're going to be talking about his cruise, talking about pro wrestling, lots of fun stuff. I hope you can tune in. As always, thank you so much for listening. You can follow me on all social media. Uh, my handle is Rob Injection. Squared Circle Pit is on Facebook. It's on Twitter. Find us there. Would love your feedback as always. And until then, I'll see you in the pit.